So during this uh, 8.30 session each morning, we'll uh, offer some, some instructions, uh, ways, of, ways of attending, and sometimes we'll just go right into a, a guided meditation period. Sometimes we'll offer some preliminary con- comments that uh, you can stay with sitting with your eyes closed or, or open your eyes, whatever feels appropriate as I make some, some introductory remarks. There are so many ways of, of talking about mindfulness and uh, it, it really does feel uh, sometimes it's said that enlightenment is a many-faceted jewel. And I would say the same thing about mindfulness. That uh, there, there are so many different approaches and we can't actually summarize all of them. They have to unfold over time. Uh, and so... Uh, sometimes the way that mindfulness is discussed is just, it's just uh, embodying, expressing awareness itself. And sometimes we talk about it as a way of learning about the human condition, about our hearts, learning about suffering, learning about uh, how we let go. Sometimes we don't talk about it as a learning. We talk about it as, as um, uh, a kind of training that happens below, beneath the skin, that we just are submitting, surrendering moment by moment. And the practice, the Dharma, finds its ways into our heart, into the bones, totally apart from any conscious learning that we have. So many different frames and ways of talking about practice and we'll unpack different, different frameworks over the course of the week. But I wanted to, to share one uh, conceptual model that uh, has been meaningful to me and feels like it summarizes some important pieces. This comes out of uh, a group of, uh, of neuroscientists who are quite interested in meditation. And they ask the question, how does mindfulness confer its benefits? You know, like what, what actually, what, what are the mechanisms of change? What are the ways that mindfulness transforms us. And they highlighted three mechanisms. Uh, The first is attentional control or attentional stability. And so as we practice today, we'll practice uh, aiming the attention at an object. When we say object, in this case, the, the sensations of breathing. We practice aiming and sustaining the attention with that simple object, even though there's so much else that 
compels us, but we're practicing just staying in this simple way. And we're practicing detecting the pull of discursive thinking, the kind of gravitational pull of our ruminations. And when we notice that we're, we're practicing this kind of gentle but clear return of the attention, And we don't need to make anything an enemy. We don't need to make thought an enemy. We don't need to make knee pain an enemy. We don't need to make fantasies of pleasure an enemy. We don't make any enemies in our hearts. But we are selective in how we attend. And so this is this development of, of attentional stability, attentional control. The second piece that they highlight is uh, the way mindfulness gets, gets into our system. The way it transforms is through emotion regulation. That uh, even though we're just sitting here, Uh, we're going to be visited by all of the kind of emotional themes of our life. And what arises, the emotions that arise, um, are, are neither our fault, nor are they an accident. They're, they're not our fault. They are the product of a million causes and conditions that are, can't be called me. But they're not an accident in the sense that, that we're each, we each have our own curriculum to learn. And so Charlotte Joko Beck, when she said, with unfailing kindness, life shows us exactly what we need to learn. We, we each have a maybe slightly different curriculum to learn. And the logic of practice, the logic of the Dharma is such that we get to learn those things. We just sit down and pay attention and the lessons will come. And so in the midst of intensity, of emotional intensity, Uh, we're actually learning to, to, um, to find that which is not knocked off center by even very intense emotion. Emotion will come with a kind of a, a dictate If it could speak, it would, it would say, do this, do that, change this, change that. And we're learning to just stay. To, to, uh, to not act out 
the commandments of that emotion. And in doing this, as we, we allow, essentially we allow the heart to be impacted by our emotional life, but not toppled. Uh, we uh, start to develop a, a real confidence in our hearts, in our stability. We start to be less intimidated by experience. We become more regulated. Attentional control, emotion regulation. And the third piece they highlight is uh, around self-awareness. And they mean that both in the sense that we get to know ourselves, our habits and pleasures and pains and longings. We get to know all of that with uh, incredible intimacy and, and really the poignancy of our life dawns on us. And they're also alluding to, to um, uh, a way in which we become less identified. That part of what they're alluding to in self-awareness is that we, we begin to uh, appreciate the kind of cascade of life that cannot be called me. That our minds, we will see, are, uh, they're a co-creation. It's not just us back there. It's impacted by so much. My mind right now, impacted by the sleep that I got, or the, the quality of sleep, or uh, impacted by you, impacted by the exchange that I just had with, uh, with Ramona, impacted by the weather, impacted by a million things that cannot be called Matthew. And here I am living with this sense of awareness, this experience that in some sense feels just like mine, but in another sense is, um, is not owned by me. And, uh, that way of actually creating uh, some, some sense of um, yeah, disidentification is this third component, self-awareness. So we'll say more about all of this, but that is one framework for understanding what we're doing. And Remarkably, all of that can begin 
with uh, a deep breath and feeling how that is, feeling how a breath ripples through the body. We can't learn everything at once. We can't swallow the Dharma in one gulp. But very gently, patiently, can open to the breath. You might consciously move through the body at the beginning of a sit and and relax. The area around the eyes. the jaw, letting the whole face relax. There's no need to present yourself. To others, to yourself.
Relaxing the shoulders. The belly. Maybe the bracing against experience served a function. But it's okay to relax. with the spine ever so gently extending upwards, almost effortlessly. That spine can support the rest of the body, which we surrender to gravity.
rather than narrowly aiming the attention at the breath, let the breath find you. Maybe it's sensed most clearly at the belly, the chest, the mouth, the nostrils.
as a way of pouring the awareness more thoroughly into the sensations of breath. Might explore making the gentle mental note silently in your own mind. Breathing in or simply in on the inhale. Breathing out or out on the exhale. We make those mental notes as a way of unifying the field of awareness with the breath. Of course, a million other experiences 
can feel more compelling than the breath. Subtly, we can live as if under siege. We're so accustomed to making meaning and solving problems that the momentum overtakes us. And that's okay. So much tenderness for this human condition. And clarity about the intention to come back. to be simple. To know the breath. And in the process, know awareness.